Well, grace and peace, everybody. Hey, it's great to have you on this week's podcast of Bridging the Gap. Hey, I'm your host, Pastor Nathan Brozier. I'm excited again. Hey, I know I say it all the time, but I'm excited that you have taken the time out of your busy schedules to be impacted or just receive something from the Lord today. Last week, we talked about some things, and, and uh, or the last episode, we talked about the preconceived man. Today, I just want to simply kind of um, piggyback on that particular topic and talk about the proud man. Again, this is not a masculine statement. Man just represent man or woman. Uh, but we're going to talk about the state of the mind that we can be in. Today, I'm going to touch a little bit more on the men's side because I am a man, so I can relate with men. I get it. We understand that. But also, women that you're watching, I pray that God will speak to you in this as well. And so we're piggybacking on the same particular topic uh, or the scripture, I'm going to say it that way, found in 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 9 through 12. If you have your Bible, you can read with me. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads this way. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. Remember, first off, Naaman was a man of leprosy. And so, but yet at the same time, he was a mighty man of valor. He was a mighty warrior for the Aramean army. And um, he had given the king of Aram great wealth. And so he was told by a young servant to go and see this prophet in, the, in Israel and their God will, will, will rescue you and heal you. And so here we see Naaman went with his horses in verse 9 and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman, here listen to this, but Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. He said, I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call upon the name of the Lord, his God, and then he would heal me. Now look what he says here. This is where a lot of us proudful people sound the same way. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana, and the Farpar better than that of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? Look what Naaman does. Listen, the waters of Jordan were not the cleanest of waters. He would have rather went to Damascus where it's clear, or he would have rather went to Abana or Farpar where there's cleaner water. But the prophet said to go into the Jordan, the muddy waters, the maybe the stench-smelling waters of Jordan and dip seven times. But look what we see Naaman do. So Naaman turned and went away in a rage. Now listen, Naaman was a man with and under authority. He felt embarrassed that he would be belittled to go into the muddy waters, the stanky waters, the stagnant waters. I'm just, I'm just adding to this right here. To some water that wasn't expected. He asked him to go into the waters of the Jordan and said, dip there. I know you're a mighty man. I know you're a warrior. 
I know who you are. You're close to the king of Aram. I know who you are, Naaman. And here's the thing. This is what thus saith the Lord telling us to do. And sometimes when God brings a word to us, it's not always what we want it to be. We get angry or we get discouraged. We get upset because it doesn't work the way that we want it to. So the pride in us sometimes will prevent us from getting our breakthrough. The pride in us sometimes will hinder the blessings from coming because we don't want it this way, but we want it that way, the way I expected it. Maybe I'm the only one that's ever struggled with that. But look at what, look at what we see here. In Proverbs chapter 16, look what the scripture says. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. Better to live humbly with the poor than to share plunder with the proud. Listen, pride goes before destruction. Many times God's trying to get us to a place. God's trying to take you to a certain level. But our pride will oftentimes hinder us from going to our next level. Well, I don't like this place. Well, why God would you allow this to happen? I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm over this. This is below me. Look, when God asks of us, asks of us of things, I can't even talk today. When God asks you of things to do that may seem below us, it's usually because he is wanting to break things off us that don't really need to be there. <laughs> Come on, let that sink in. Usually he's trying to break some things off of us that he doesn't want. Pride can be on us and we don't even know it. Greed can be on us and we don't even know it. We don't even know, realize that we're operating in it. Pride is so, pride is such an issue that you think this is just a normal way of doing things, but really you're being used by a spirit of pride. And God is simply wanting us to let go of that spirit, let go of that proud pride that's inside of us. Look at what we are seeing. Now, let me talk to the men here for an example for this, for this time being. You know, we see in the churches today, men aren't who they should be in the churches today. Yeah, you'll see some, some leaders, you'll see some pastors sprinkled here and there. But what, you know, I've looked at a statistic here, I've got it written down. You know, in 2016, the percentage of men in the church was at 39%. Now, does that mean that there's more women in the world than men? No. I mean, these numbers, however you shake a stick at it, are pretty even. But what we're seeing is that men don't realize that they need a God to be in total authority in total control over their life. Maybe they can even say to themselves, and maybe, I've said this before, I'm not going to show myself. I'm not going to be vulnerable in church to where other people can see me crying or getting teary-eyed or kneeling down and praying. That's for the weak person. That's why we see 61% of women and only 39% of men. I've always wondered why we don't see more men coming to prayer meeting. Why is it that I, when I have a, when we have a prayer meeting at Destiny, those numbers sometimes be a little, are a little better, but it's pretty close. It's 70 plus percent, 80 plus percent are, are women 
and not men. Why is that? Is it a case that men just have so much pride that they don't feel like they need to call upon a God for all their needs? Is it a case to where men don't feel like they can, well, they can feel like they can do it all themselves and they don't want to seem weak where they depend on something they can't see? Evaluate yourself. What we are seeing in churches around the world are men not being who God called them to be because their pride has them thinking it's not the manly thing to do. Help us, Jesus, right now that we are not that person that's operating that way. Now we look at this side. Pride has no gender. Pride falls upon the man and pride can fall upon the woman as well. Some of us are so set in our ways that we're not willing to even listen to sound doctrine. We're not even willing to listen to wisdom from people who've experienced some stuff. You know, we have a lot of times I hear people say this comment, um, man, the devil's really, really attacking me. Or the devil is really doing this. The devil's really doing that. Listen, we've given the devil so much credit that I wonder if he's up there or he, wherever he's at right now, because maybe in the second heaven, the unseen uh, realm that he is, he is given authority over. Uh, maybe he's up there thinking, what in the world? Okay, I'll take credit for that. <laughs> this person just blamed me for not getting approved for a car. I'll take credit for that. This person just blamed me because their finances are all out of whack. I'll take credit for that. And here's why I say this in, in such a condescending way. Listen, it wasn't the devil that told you to go buy Gucci, uh, Gucci gear. It wasn't the devil that made you go buy those pair of Jordans. It wasn't the devil that told you to go on that $5,000 vacation. You chose to make bad decisions and now you have to deal with it. It wasn't the enemy that told you to don't pay your bill, your house payment, your mortgage. It wasn't the enemy. It wasn't the enemy's fault that told you not to pay your bank note to pay for that car that now just got repoed. It wasn't the devil. Those were bad decisions that you made. You have to take ownership to it. Listen, your credit's not a 425 because of the devil. Your credit is a 425 because of your bad decisions. Man, I, would, I hate to sound harsh like this, but listen, that is reality. You think the devil's going in and messing with your FICO system when you know daggone well you haven't paid your mortgage in two months. You think it's the devil's fault. The reason why the Bank of America says, hey, I can't give this guy a house loan, this woman a car loan, because the devil stepped in and intervened. No, honey, you can be the most demon-possessed person. You can be the most holiest of holies. But if you pay your bills, guess what? You've got good credit. I've been in that world so long that you can't convince me any other way. Listen, stop giving the devil credit and own up that you need a God to help lead you. You need to listen to sound wisdom. You need to listen to good counseling. Stop blaming the devil. Here's where that spirit of pride comes in. And I'm saying it this way in a manner because I want you to see, we blame the devil for everything when the whole time it was us that was doing it. 
Oh, Jesus. Here's the thing. You have a spirit of pride on you that you will not take ownership for your ways of doing things or your way of thinking. Listen, get yourself in check. The spirit of pride is so strong on so many people that they begin to believe their own hype even. You begin to drink your own Kool-Aid, as we would say. Listen, come on now, get over yourself. Don't allow the spirit of pride to control you this way to where it prevents God from blessing you from where you need to go. Listen, there's people that need you. I need you. God needs you. We all need you. But you've got to address this spirit of pride. God's created man, listen to this, man. He's created man to be the stewards of the field and their homes. To steward is to look after, to supervise, to manage and keep order. It's to help, it's to help reach its potential, to maximize the function or beauty. Listen, my duty as a father, as a husband, is simply put, to steward my family, to be the steward of the home, protect my wife, protect my children. Now, my son is going to be 23 this tomorrow, actually. Today is Thursday when I'm taping this, Thursday the 15th. My son is going to be 23 tomorrow. My daughter is going to be 20 in about three months. So my babies are grown. Now they're going to hopefully someday soon, you know, hopefully not Trinity, but maybe Isaiah will bring me some grandchildren very soon. And then I'll, I'll be able to lead and direct, but it's not my job to steward, it's my son's job to steward them. But here's where I wanna tell you, it was my job to raise up my, my son to be the father, to be the husband, to be the man of the home that he's supposed to be to his children. You see how this works? We, we have to pour in so they can pour out as well. Listen, what pride tells us to do is, hey, I've got this all figured out. I don't need help. I don't need to listen to my dad. I don't need to, need to listen to anybody. I don't need to listen to my spouse. I don't need to listen to my pastors and leaders. And pride will tell you, you got this. But listen, pride, as Proverbs says, pride will lead you to destruction. God, I don't want you to be led into destruction. I want you to be led to where God has called you to be. So listen, if you evaluate, I'm gonna close this way right here. If you evaluate yourself as a proud person, a proud man, then we need to start today by expressing and leading our family the way that God intended us to do. Be the woman of God that God has called you to be and walk by with humility. Let's say it that way. Walk in humility. Walk with humility. If you're the husband or the father, the man of the house, listen, this is not the you show, but walk in humility. Be willing to say, I'm sorry. Be willing to say, I don't know all the answers. Be willing to say, but I'm going to ask somebody that may know more than me. Listen, as we've heard often, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Let me pray for you right now. Because that strong man is very, very prevalent in today's society. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we come against the spirit of pride. 
that loves to settle upon the body of Christ and, and in general the body <laughs> of our flesh because we battle with this on a daily basis, whether as a husband, as a father, as an employee, as an employer. God, we battle with this issue. And the enemy loves to feed our egos and loves to feed our flesh with a sense of pride. But devil, we put you behind us. That strong man will not conquer the churches anymore. I speak right now over the churches of America across this world that are watching that we will be the men that God has called us to be. The numbers won't be so staggering that all the women are in the house and the men are so weak and scared to come into the house of God for whatever reason. But we will see a 50-50, excuse me, a 50-50 across the board that men will come back and begin to seek God with reckless abandon and not allow their pride to prohibit them from worshiping or reaching to another level they've never been before. God, right now, I give you praise in advance for what you're about to do in the church of Christ. God, you're raising up men and women of God who are going to humbly bow themselves before you. They're going to humble themselves and seek after your face. Because you said in your word, they that humble and see, humble themselves and seek after me and turn from their wicked ways, then shall they hear from heaven. So Father, it's time for us to humble ourselves and say to you, we need a God that knows all, who is all-knowing, because I don't know all things. With man, things are impossible. But God, with you, all things are possible. So we right now pull down this stronghold of pride in Jesus' matchless name. Amen and amen. Hey, thank you for joining once again, Bridging the Gap. Go ahead and share this broadcast, if you will, to your social media platform. And I pray that God will be a blessing to you, those who share, and those who are listening right now, that God will send you to your next level and give you a breakthrough, break off some things in your life. Till next time, hey, we'll see you then. God bless you. This is Pastor Nate.